Episode 18, Yes, Value Podcast. Go ahead and let this action ride out. Yes, up. It's your boy, St. X. Same with my boy, Kurt the King, for another edition of the Face Value Podcast. We on number 18 now, already, man. Yeah, we got a guest in the building. Kurt, we introduce our special guest. Yeah, part owner of uh, one of the best boutiques in Chicago, Juggernaut. We got our man, Roger, with us. Yeah. Follow him on Instagram, Juggernaut, Mr. Roger. Yeah, JGR. Yeah, check him out on there. Appreciate you coming through, man. Oh, not a problem, my guys. It's going to be a good conversation. Hell yeah, we've been excited for this one for a while, man. Being one, I would say y'all one of Chicago's staple streetwear stores. That is one of the first ones that I like found out about when I came out here. Yeah, no, we've been around for now. This is our 12th year. Damn, that shit moves fast as hell. We're almost teenagers, so... (laughs) It's at a point where I don't remember it not being here. It just, it seems like it's it's just been here. It's been a minute, man, because sometimes I just forget that we've been around for so long. Right. But it's fucking a blessing when you think about it. It's been the same location the whole time, too, right? Yeah, that's one thing that we enjoy is that we've enjoyed watching our area grow. Is that the South Loop or the Loop? South Loop. That's the South Loop. We were trying to figure that out earlier. So, like, where does the South Loop technically start at? I don't know exactly where it starts, but I know that we're part of it, and it goes all the way down to, like, fucking... 20th or 20 something yeah that's yeah, pretty yeah. far out there there's so much shit south of us like a ton of fire ass restaurants that i haven't even explored that if y'all have never explored you should go explore it and i'm talking to y'all yeah not, yeah. not the listeners i'm talking to both of you. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much in the city i need to explore more oh, big time bro what like what prompted opening a location there because when you opened uh, shit wasn't around there scouting bro like we always we scouted uh we were we could have opened up in rogers park we scouted a spot there so we would go there and just we would go to wherever we wanted to potentially open and hang out and just watch traffic. And given there was no traffic really where we were in the South Loop or where we ended up opening up, but we were kitty corner to all these schools. So the marketing potential and the reach, the potential was there. So we just had to like execute and, you know, provide, do a street team, you know, you got to hit the fucking floor, bro. It's called guerrilla marketing. like. You're not familiar with it, bro. Google it, cause like these kids, man, they think it's just social media and fucking posting something. No, gee, you gotta touch your fucking customers. You gotta touch your people. So we did that and we hit the ground running and we would just start, you know, that's the reason we chose that. It's because there's thousands of fucking kids around. Hell me. yeah. And it's the perfect demographic, like oh, age demographic fucking for what you were college selling. College kids and high school kids, yeah. But like, you know, it's street work it's way now that we're all fucking old. Streetwear is fucking 30 plus as well. Exactly. You know so like, like it just, it is. And specifically with brands like fashion powerhouses, like Louis Vuitton and Gucci and everybody taking influence from fucking streetwear directly and hiring our all-stars. It's crazy to you know see I mean? that transition. Basically, basically like a Louis Vuitton ready to wear. It looks like some old shit skate. Gee, old skate I'm shit. starting Hell to like yeah. shit. I'm like, yo, that's fire. <laughs> right. I'm like, what is this? I'm like, this is like some like like some other like some streetwear brand. But I don't know. It's fucking LVs everywhere. Yeah. And it's yeah. cool. It's dope. But it's also like, eh. But it's cool. I'm not mad because yeah. we took from them for so long. Hell yeah. And now they're taking from us. That's one thing. Like it's been a theme on our podcast that we always talk about is like how high fashion meets streetwear. Oh yeah, and, it's. It's and, insane. 
Hell yeah. I mean, they're pretty much married at this point. It's so intertwined. Oh, where you couldn't tell the difference between a high fashion line and a streetwear line if you just glanced at the yeah. ready to wear. You have to look for the LVs or the Gucci's. Yeah, the, the branding is the only thing that sets yeah. it apart, really. It's the same aesthetic. The, the Gucci uh, beanies when they first came, maybe two years ago, and they did the New York Yankee beanie, and they did they started doing teams, and it just looked like streetwear beanies. I'm like, who did that? <laughs> and I'm Gucci. like, that's fire. And I'm like, that's Gucci? I'm like, fuck you. And that's fire. But it's a $600 beanie. Yeah, they did like jackets and I, shit too for I that collection. It, but like, man, I, man, I don't know. High end, I get it, man. It's just, it's kind of rough when you end up we end up realizing what like manufacturing costs are and like what production costs become towards certain items. And you're just like, man, they're getting over on you. But they're not because they, they spend millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars on marketing. So, you know, they feed you a dream, they feed you a thing and people buy into it. Yeah, because they do such a good job. Realistically, even using like Italian leather and shit, it's still the production costs aren't. Yeah, you're not there. It's not ten thousand dollars. No, <laughs> gee, come on. Nah, dude. But it's cool, man. It's like it is. I want to be that. Y'all want to be that. Hell I want to yeah. sell one shirt for four hundred dollars. <laughs> well, exactly. The fuck doesn't want to. You know. You, I mean, if you don't want to, that's weird. But I guess it's not weird. But you'd be anti that. But yeah, I mean, I for worked. For me, at, I would love that shit, man. I worked at Saint Laurent for like a year, and it was so weird coming from like. You know, so you working to see wholesale costs. Yeah, working for Arisu. I used to work for Arisu and shit. If you remember Arisu. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I've worked yeah. in like it, the fucking beginning of. They were like a beginning streetwear. You said Arisu or Evisu. Arisu. Arisu. They turned into Publish. That's like the yeah, same yeah, dudes. Yeah, yeah. So I worked for them in California, and then to work at Saint Laurent, like a high fashion. You just see both worlds, and it's crazy because you see people coming into Saint Laurent, and they're. Because now everyone wants to be on that wave, and they're looking for, like, the one thing they can get, and it's crazy. Well, yeah, but it's also resale, so they're looking for that one thing they can also resell. Yeah, it's for sure. It's annoying as hell. But <laughs> it's not – I don't know. It's just as a fan of the fashion and the fan of me wanting cool shit as well, it's annoying as fuck because I can't get it for retail. And it's annoying as fuck that I have to try to get up at 4 a.m. five days prior to the release in order to get it. It's yeah. brutal, dude. <clears throat> like, yeah. it blows my fucking mind. And it's cool. And it, I just, it's not cool, but I get it. You know, motherfuckers got to eat and motherfuckers are figuring out ways to hustle and do their thing. And I'm not mad at that. I will never be mad at somebody getting money, you know, and, and developing their own hustle. But, bro, as a fucking fan, like, fuck you, dog. Like, yeah. come on, man. Like, and then I refuse to pay fucking aftermarket. I refuse to play resale. <laughs> and people bro. will call me cheap or whatever. No, man, fuck you. It's just that I just, no, man. I just, I'm not into that. And we do have a couple items at the store that we resell. We do vintage as well. Um, but we're not, like, like, raping. You know what I'm saying? You know, we're not, like, fucking marking them up to the point where you're like what the fuck yeah, we have yeah. t-shirts at the store that i swear they will sell for 65 80 dollars as a as a vintage piece but i know for a fact if you had the market if you had the reach you can sell it for 250 dollars. well exactly on etsy grailed or anything you just have to have that reach we don't have that person that's going to pay for that and i've had customers come oh shit man i saw this on xyz for fucking 200 and here it's for 80 so either a they're buying it for themselves or they're going to buy it to resell which is whatever but that's so we the, don't overdo. That's it. the thing, though. When you keep the when you keep the prices decent on people, you know we what I'm saying? To, and they yeah. fuck with you. Yeah, you know we try what I'm saying? And we don't like we don't <laughs> curate that as much as we should. And then and then that way you move more volume for real because a lot of times it's about volume, like oh, pumping 1, out the brand and shit like that. One thousand percent. So like you when you when you cop low, sell low, you know what I'm saying? People gonna yeah, fuck with you. Yeah, they fuck with you because you're not like you know that dirty word. You're not you're fucking somebody. You we was in a. Unsaid, I was in Unsaid, uh, I ain't gonna say the name, street, uh, little store the other day. We was looking at vintage shit. I'm looking at this shit. I'm like, 500, bro. 
for the little like little get shirt two fifty. They, they like, might have that. They might have that customer. Though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So like you like, said, I ain't so gonna be mad at it, but like they're catering to what they know they can reach. That's why like we can price it at two fifty, three hundred, but like. It's gonna fucking sit there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the whole thing. Those stores plan on it just sitting for till someone buys it. Yeah, and that's also nice to have a big bank account. Exactly. Where you're not needing like to flip that, that shit right away. What were you looking at? Wrap t-shirts? Uh, huh? You, was it wrap tees? Yeah, a little yeah. wrap tee, like movie tees and shit like that. Or say like, when you be in LA and shit. You walking down looking at those little vintage shops and shit. Oh, bro, I've seen like the most beat up fucking <laughs> Apple Apple shoes. They were just Apple shoes. All white. they look like ones, but they were just they weren't. They were made by Apple, apparently. Uh-huh. But they were so... You couldn't wear them. You could not wear them. Like, I guess they're just showcase shoes, but uh-huh. they were $300. God damn. And I'm like, dude, man, I get it. Maybe there's only 10 made or something, but I'm like, man, I guess I'm just not there yet, man. I guess you just got to get your money up, uh-huh. and then you can be fr- frivolous and be like, whatever, cool, three honcho, run it. Mm. I want it. But I, I, f- I feel that once I get my money up like that, I, I'm still going to look at you like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm like, bro, really? I'm like, nah, man. I'm just going to I'm just gonna get some jugger. I'll get some jugger and that shit off the rack. <laughs> you know, that would be cool. Yeah. For, for them, I think it's just such a niche market to people where they're like, yo, it's like grail shit for them. Where yeah. it means more. Some people fuck with like cars and shit. People yeah. take vintage that seriously. Mm. They're like, yo, I need this yeah. one piece, blah, blah, blah. It, yeah, if you get that clientele, you get that customer base behind you that you can sell to what it's worth in the in the market. You're winning, bro. You're winning heavy for sure. Yeah. Just to just to run it back quick, what in what in life made you get down this path to open a retail boutique? It was a prize. It had to be something else. Music, skateboarding. Oh, uh, I mean, me and Brian, me and BZ, uh, we're partners at the store. We used to rap back in the day. We were part of a crew called uh, Lyric District, and before that, we were part of a crew called. Uh, we were called FKT, First Class Tribe. It's fucking weird. But, yeah, <laughs> you know, we were first class everything. It was just kind of stupid. But that's what we were. And then we joined this uh, this collective called the Propaganda Movement, which is uh, um, uh, Pacifics, this group named Pacifics, this other group uh, named, um, I believe it was Camp Do Good. And through them, after we joined them, we ended up joining another collective called Nacrobats, the... Uh, the the can the uh, um, the propaganda movement was actually all kind of mostly uh, Asian uh, Pacific Islander uh, MCs mm-hmm. and it was like this I'm, this dude named Rhapsody I, I don't know if he's still out there but that motherfucker was so cold he's wearing the cleanest fucking K Swisses too <laughs> the white joints yeah all white you know K Swiss K Swiss had his moment and or at least in certain circles and my God I used to look at this shit man clean anyway. Yeah, so we joined them, and then we joined Acrobats, and like you know, all of us were always into fashion. And by fashion, we were a bunch of like polo hats, low hats. True. And from low, we started. We, we, we wore nothing but like I guess they're not high end brands, but they're those mid tier brands. So Polo, Ralph Lauren, Tommy Hilfiger, Nautica, those were the go tos. Um, and that's just what we were addicted to. We got into it because of the first shirt I ever bought was a Tommy Hilfiger Polo. First shirt Brian ever bought, Be Easy, was a fucking Tommy Hilfiger flag tee, and I'll never forget that day because. Well, it was back to back. So we were in high school and fucking we went to the mall. I forget which mall. It was like, it was like Woodfield Mall, I think. Right? True. And we went to Marshall Fields, which is Macy's. Macy's now, now yup. And fucking B's like, yo, man, I need this Tommy Hilfiger flag tee. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, bro? He's like, bro, Grand Poobah wore it. I'm like, what? I'm like, Poobah wore it. And I think it was the 2000 video. And I'm like, yo. And he showed me the video. And we didn't have phones then. Um, 
So I'm like, yeah, he showed me the video. That's a fucking lie. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he pulled up YouTube. And yeah, so like he pulled out the hologram and he's like, yo, dog, check this out. No, no. But he, he told, explained the video and told me it was a gray shirt. So we went to Marshall Fields. Um, he did his research and he knew where to get it. So we went, we looked, we looked, and we found the Tommy Hilfiger section. Bro, when he bought this shirt, dog, we're like, oh, my God. He's like, it was a green bag, it was paper bag. It's in Marshall Fields, green, bro. But we took turns walking around the mall. I'm like, let me hold the bag, dog. <laughs> <laughs> that's some shit. We used to do that shit. Hell too. yeah. Oh, yeah, let's walk. So we walked. And the very next day, I'm like, nah, bro, I need to go back. So I went back and I bought the polo. So I like outdid him by one piece. And I wore it the next day. And like, back then, we'd have like style wars between us. Like, we would just be like um, homies. Like, if you guys are homies, you'd one day wear like an ill-ass hill figure tee. We're like, all right, cool, I'll see you. And then the next day, we'll outdo that tee, wear like a knit, or we'll wear a fucking long sleeve or something, or mm -hmm. like a jacket. Oh, if you ever hit him with a jacket, this game. <laughs> but this is like a battle. I remember a battle, one of my homies, name was Chris Pendon, bro. He's, uh, he went by uh, Logic, I believe. No, no. Way before Logic. Way before yeah. Logic became Logic. Um, but yeah, I remember like for a week straight, and I had found a Tommy Hilfiger outlet. And I was driving True. somewhere and I just saw an out. I'm what the fuck? It was a pop-up. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? I'm like, skirt. I just pulled off the expressway and I went into it. And I'm like, yo. And dude, I just went crazy. Like every t-shirt was like 20 bucks. And I'm like, what the fuck? I feel you, bro. Dude, I won that dude. battle. <laughs> <laughs> you hit the yeah. secret jackpot yeah. though. But that's how we got into it. We we're always into fashion, bro. Always into fashion. That's kind of what brought me in too, yo. Hitting the little Carson's and shit. Oh, Carson got heat, bro. Carson used to heat the Tommy Marshall section. I had the heat. Tommy overalls, bro. Oh, Ooh, yeah, that's a piece. Overalls are fire. Bro. I remember just sitting in there like, Ma, please, please. She'd be like, get your grades up. You can get it. That was my motivation. Like, I got to get that's my grades tight. up. She going to buy me this Tommy set, so yo. So you got your grades up. Then. Hell yeah, yo. Fire. I think you just got to find what people want, and then they'll work towards whatever they got to do to make Hell it happen. Yeah, yeah, if they really, really want it, they'll make it happen. Because back, back, you said that Tommy, that Nautica. Oh, that's all we wore, That old I used to love it. When I first got old enough to be in that little man section yeah, and cop all of that shit. And we wore Tim's, lots of Timberlands. True. Wheat Tim's. True. I used to have the, the almost up to your fucking, uh, up to your, uh, what's the muscle called down here? I'm a little, calf. I'm a little, yeah, calf. <laughs> I smoked in the car before. Okay? Um, but yeah, I used to have those. I, I used to fold them down. I had a fucking red polo sport vest, fucking polo sport hockey jersey, polo sport backpack, hill figure denim. Hell yeah! It was a was, game changer when Polo was, Sport came in the well, game because Brooklyn, dog. it was sporty. As fun. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, Polo Sport was fire. And then like uh, fun fact about Polo, you guys remember uh, you Hillfigger obviously, but do you remember Hillfigger Outdoors? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Hillfigger Outdoors had a little stint, maybe two, three seasons that they got to, that they actually released it, but uh, it was done through uh, a bunch of Polo Sport designers that left Polo and Hillfigger picked them up. So if you find any Hilfiger outdoor shit, it's all done by old polo sport design. Yeah, that shit was dope too, though. Oh, fire, bro. That outdoors, as soon as mm -hmm. you see it, you can see polo sport. Mm -hmm. You can see it. I'm like, ah. I yeah, because a, des a designer's aesthetic usually just comes with them. Bro, I love that shit. Bro. Out of those three brands, which one were you more towards? Because everyone had a favorite. Polo sport. Polo sport, that's your shit. But I wore a lot of Hilfiger just because I found the outlet. <laughs> yeah. I was always really into the Nautica shit because they did a lot of color blocking and stuff. Nautica's fire. The Nautica, Nautica jackets until, were crazy. Bro, until it changed its logo, G. Yeah, I was all. If you're was, doing the slim sailboat, props to you, bro. That's tight. But nah, bro, you need the fatty sailboat with the fat sail. Yeah. And if you don't got the fat sail, man, it's cool. But ah, man, that's when it was it. Yeah. That's when it was it. Um, after that, it was cool. And then it's like you know, Hillfigure had Hillfigure, Hillfigure out there. Hillfigure jeans came out. Hillfigure jeans was kind of was whack to us. A lot of the kids wear Hillfigure jeans thinking it's fresh. 
It's fresh now, but back then you would have been made fun of. <laughs> Polo jeans was not fresh. I didn't wear yeah, any of the denim. You, know, you get made fun no. of. Oh, I actually did have the Tommy with but the, it's just the brand, the hammers, denim. the carpenter ones. I had those but in high school. It's just called Tommy jeans. It was kind of like the dumbed down version of. Yeah, Tommy. they would make uh, like ready to wear and shit yeah. too. Yeah. Shout yeah. out the carpenter jeans, man. Carpenter jeans I had the Tommy ones. I remember with the Tommy flag on the yeah, thing. but they just had a flag and then even yeah, a, a denim loop. Gonna be the first to bring the carpenter back. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely gonna come back. Yeah. One thought, yeah, everything recycles. Everything recycles. So, <laughs> so you're into rap and fashion, and that kind of obviously leads you into like, yo, when wh- like when are you thinking about opening a store? Um, we actually helped open another store called AOK Official. Uh, maybe 13 years ago. I don't fucking remember. 2006, early 2007 or something. So we helped open. A, it's it was up on School and Clark like two blocks north of Wrigley Field. Oh, okay. Literally on the corner, it was an old guitar music shop. It, it was two shops that we got, and it was fire, bro. The place was fucking insane. But it didn't work out with the owner because we had invest, or I had investment money, and it was just supposed to be me, Brian, uh, me, Be Easy, and this one dude, which I'm not going to say his name because he's still around. But um, he's not in the scene. He's just, uh, he does his thing. But anyway, uh, we had this investment money, and we were supposed to invest in it. He's like, cool, let's open it up first and we'll talk about it. So we opened up this store and uh, two months in, we're trying to book, uh, we're just two months in. I'm like, I basically, like, yo, man, two months in, bro, we're doing all right, bro. We landed a nine, 90, because we're also a, a design firm. So there was a storefront and then there's a little hallway and another whole, another whole storefront, but that was like the design office. Um, you probably fit like 10 computers, 10 chairs in that. So it was like a, for brands to get console? Kind of, well, he was kind of really heavy into uh, computer programming. Oh, so he would work with marketing companies already downtown, advertising agencies. So he had a relationship with Burrell. And if you're familiar with Burrell, Burrell's uh, back then, and I'm pretty sure they still are, is uh, they were like the biggest uh, minority-owned advertising agency in the Midwest. Um, so he had a relationship with them and... I just remember going, after we opened the store in the design house, we had a meeting. It was just me and him with Burrell, and we were pitching to Honda. And uh, we were pitching hipsters. Like, they, was, they're doing, they wanted a website, everything. They wanted everything done um, for this new Honda car that was coming out that was being uh, marketed toward uh, millennials or hipsters at the time. And mm-hmm. uh, fucking, I used to work for Camel Cigarettes, and I used to be the Camel guy. They used to walk around into the bars all over. Oh, you was my guy. Yeah, and I'd give away cigarettes. So I was, (laughs) so I like wherever the hipster congregate where they birthed or wherever they fucking ended up starting to hang out at first was that area, and I just kind of knew everything about them. So I like talked 90% of the whole meeting about hipsters and what I knew and how we could market to them and how this car can work and the website and. We ended up walking out. We that after right after that meeting, we landed. It was ninety thousand. We landed the account ninety k. Um, so we were good. And I'm thinking like tight. I should get a percentage off this shit, but I didn't because we're brand new. There's more to come. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. This is easy. We landed a ninety k right now. Cool. We'll be able to do more. I'm going to talk percentages after that. We never got that far. Um, so like lesson learned, man. If anybody's listening and you're looking to open something with somebody and you have investment money and you're ready to go. I mean, even if you don't have investment money, make sure you get it in fucking writing. And if you don't get it in writing, if you have the invest money, investment money ready to go, make sure you're invested before you start doing anything. It just can kick you in the ass. But because of that, we were able to start Juggernaut. And uh, just didn't work out. He, uh, I was booking uh, the release party, and I was booking, uh, if you guys are into hip-hop, I was booking KRS-One. True, true. And he was, we were just talking about, because uh, this is the type of store we wanted to be. Um, and... 
we were doing toys and streetwear at the time, and vinyl toys were like huge at the time. Um, so we're just trying to book the right act. I'm trying to book Karis One, and it's taking me two weeks, bro. And if you know anything about Karis One, Karis One doesn't fly. He, he rides the bus all over the country. I'm pretty sure I've heard that in the documentary. Right, you're or supposed something before. to book him when he's coming near by. you or yeah. coming by. So it happened to be kind of coming by during the time they were trying to book, and we're trying to book the double door. RIP the double door. Okay. And uh, so I finally landed him after talking to his manager all these fucking times. And like, I was excited and I saw the, the, the dude, the owner. I'm, hey, bro, I did it, man. We got Chris. We're going to do it. It's going to be fire. He's like, oh, dope, man, dope. Uh, so uh, you think uh, you think uh, maybe you could get uh, Slum Village instead of Karis One? And I'm like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, my jaw dropped. And I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, dude. Fuck you mean like I love Slum Village. Yeah, Street, yeah. Right? I'm from Michigan, so yeah. I thought oh, no, they're Slum Village, fire, yeah. bro. Like, and they had hits back. Like, they had like that was the it was like the Dilla era, yeah. right? Yeah, they had those were the hits, and like he's bro, because I'm like bro, we we're talking about Karis One this whole time. What the fuck are you talking about, Slum Village? I just told you I landed him after these two weeks of conversation with his fucking manager. Um, and I was talking to my wife, and I'm like, ah, your wife, your wife's not supposed to be a part of this. You know what I'm saying? So after that, like literally that same conversation, I'm just like, hey man, so I have this investment money and I'm supposed to be invested because if I was a partner, he could not tell me, hey bro, can you please get Slum Village? Right. I'm mm -hmm. like, fuck you, no. I book KRS. We're equal partners. Fuck off. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I couldn't say that. And I'm like, well, and I'm like, so I'm like, I have this investment money. I've been ready to invest. I understand that like we're trying to wait for fuck knows what. Like I'm like, I'm ready. And he's like, well, Roger, and I'll never forget, bro, quote. I can't take in any old investor from the street. And I'm like, I'm like, excuse me? I'm like, he's, I'm like, oh, I'm like, okay. I'm like, oh, all right, like that, huh? I'm like, all right, well, I'm done, bro. This is, I'm done. I mean, this is disrespectful yeah. as fuck. And, and he's just like, oh, oh, man, so sorry, Raj. Well, if you want, you can stay until the end of the day. I'm like, dude, I'm like no. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I'm leaving right now. And it was like around lunchtime. I'm like, I'm uh -huh. gone, bro. So I go to the design office. I go, B, bro, I'm done. I'm gone. He's like, what happened, bro? What happened, Raj? I'm like, dude, fuck this, dude. Fuck this dude, whoop de woo. Um, I'm like, I'm like, come to lunch with me. He's like, all right, go to lunch. I'm like, B, bro. I broke it all down, what just happened. He's like, damn. B has kids. You know what I'm saying? So he's getting designer rates. He's getting paid properly because we just landed a ninety thousand dollar account. Mm -hmm. So he's not ready to be like, oh man, but he knows everything's wrong. So he he's stuck around for about a week. And he realized that it was not gonna work out. Like this guy's never gonna let us be owners of this place that we help build and create. Mm -hmm. And so Immediately after, we just started talking about, not Juggernaut, but about opening the store, which eventually became Juggernaut. Um, just meetings after meetings and just us figuring out what we wanted to do and how we wanted to do it, where we wanted to do it, how we were going to do it. And then uh, because we opened up AOK, -OK, we already had, you know, we knew how to do it. Um, my brother Manny, Manny Muscles, he was uh, currently unemployed at the time, but had a math degree and an engineering degree. And we needed a numbers guy. So we brought in Manny to see if he wanted to be a partner. And, and originally there was four of us. There was another guy that we brought into. He had a lot of retail experience, but it didn't work out with him. But if you look at the logo under under the shield, you'll see uh, four little arrows pointing inward, which is four visions, one goal. Originally, right but now I guess it should be edited to three arrows, because <laughs> yeah, it just didn't work out. That's what's up. It's it's, it's always beautiful. How you see how 
things grow out of like big messes. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, the shit be fucked up, but it happened in a beautiful way. It all come together. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That's cool. I fuck with that's that. That's the universe, man. Yeah, it always reminds me of movies and shit when like all the villains want to fucking destroy Hell yeah. everything. Back then, he was like, he was like, fuck. But that, none of that shit had happened. Y'all wouldn't be where y'all was y'all at right now. Up. You know what I'm saying? But it also teaches you lessons, man. Like, Hell yeah. And so hopefully people take heed and like, you know, Hell yeah. Don't, don't play yourself, as Callie would say. Yeah. Because uh, we played ourselves like 1,000. But then they, they closed maybe a year later. A year I later. mean, really, when dumb shit happens, you just got to be kind of thankful that it happened earlier than later. Yeah. Because dumb things are going to happen no I matter agree. what you're trying to do. I just feel if we would have been able to be fully invested, bro, we would be talking about AOK right now. I really mm. do. <laughs> like, it was... It I mean, it seems like a good concept. You could just, have been serious. Once you guys left, it doesn't seem like the concept oh, the could space, hold up. The space was inten- insane, bro. You're just like, whoa. It was huge, and it was just like it. And we had rent paid for years. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, mm-hmm. so, so in the meetings after AOK ends and y'all are going to get some new shit going, what is there like significance behind Juggernaut? Or you guys just thought it was like a good name? Well, BZ's always been a huge comic book guy. So yeah. it's really based off that the Juggernaut icon? Bitch. Yeah, it's, it's a, we, take, we take influence from it. Um, one of uh, his powers is that once he gains momentum, he's unstoppable. He's an unstoppable force, which is, I guess, one of his taglines. Is that where the can't stop, won't stop comes from? Can't stop, won't stop. So once we gain momentum in whatever we're doing, and, in, and specifically in this industry, um, can't stop, won't stop. Won't be stopped, unstoppable force. Doesn't matter if you're Superman. Doesn't matter if you're fucking, I don't know, one of the most powerful superheroes out there. I wish B were here to tell that shit. <laughs> but yeah, you can't stop the dude, and that's where we got it from. But he... Originally got the name because we we could have when we were brainstorming, bro. We were gonna be Mammoth Goods, no Go Ill Goods. We could we were gonna be Mammoth Goods, Mammoth some shit. He even drew out a logo. We had a big elephant with tusks, a mammoth. And uh, yeah, we're like, nah, you know, yeah, man, yeah, kind of. It's kind of too Go Ill Goods. It's too like it's too niche, man. Like, what if I'm from New York, man? You know, fuck, why well, I want to buy something that says Go Ill on it? So uh, he, we just he. The way the story goes is he was taking a shit and he was in his fucking fucking throne and he was reading a comic and it hit him and he's like yo juggernaut and he texted us juggernaut and we're like whoa <laughs> let's have a meeting let's have a fucking meeting so we had the meeting and he had a logo drawn out um and the logo was the shield and i'm like holy shit so the shield works in I could throw it on a fucking suit. I can throw it on a fucking... Hell yeah. On a t-shirt. It's like, it's it, bro. It's like, it's fire. But other than that, we also have a local family and we have an array of logos. You, you have to do that, though, as you get older, as a mm-hmm. business, yeah. as a brand. You got to have diversifying logos. Well, you know, we were always fans of other brands and, and, you know, like any other streetwear company. You know, they tell you they, they didn't take influence from their favorite shit. They're fucking lying to you. Oh, exactly. Like, everybody takes influence, bro. This is what this industry started off, you know what I'm saying? Like, how it gained momentum. Like, Polo Sport was, like, the number one bitten brand off streetwear company. LR, everyone, bro. Everyone. Um, but anyway, we were fans of those things. So we always knew that, like, if you were, if we were into Hilfiger back then, you knew that every single Hilfiger piece that, that had buttons on it, the first fucking stitching on the button is, is outlined green. Every single one. So if you don't see green stitching on one of those buttons, you don't have a real piece. So it's details. And that's what we, and these guys always had a fucking array of fucking logos, bro. You want to do a fucking sailing collection? Boom, you got your sailing logo. You want to do a collegiate collection? You got mm-hmm. your college logos. You want to do a fucking whatever? You know what I'm saying? It's just important to have 
it's not important, but it's just cool to have those type of options. Well, it just helps with the aesthetic. Depending yeah, on the piece bro, you're creating, you, you can, can throw that with this. How many shields can you have? You know what I'm saying? How many fucking anti-social social club? Well, I mean, that's just, <laughs> like, like, I'm, like, he's killing it, like killing it. But like, man, it's just, but his reach is there. I'm just saying, as like me as a, just a person looking outside in, I'm just sick of looking at that. Yeah, but yeah. it's just good to have, you know, different shit. It's just, it just makes sense too, bro. You're not just into one thing, right? You like, my, you might like college sports. Fuck, get you a college logo. Fuck. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't know. It's just about shit that we're into and shit that we're used to. So it's, we try to do details with our shit. So if you ever get one of our button-ups, you'll notice that our second button is always red or it's a different color. Um, that's just a small detail that we always do. Our new buttons all say Juggernaut on them now. So we got all the embossed on there. Yeah, bro. Everything's the details are getting more detailed. So tight. Since we're just on it real quick, you guys kind of jumped into cutting so pretty early in the days of Juggernaut. Yeah. What were so I, the first things I remember were like a denim jacket and yeah, a button up. That was a dope, but it was rough for us. Too. What was the learning curve on sizing and shit? Oh, sizing's a bitch, dog. Like, first of all, like. Uh, it was just a whole thing, man. Those things were like a year and a half late. We learned so much. We got those manufactured in California, um, working in the mainland, and it's rough because it's expensive. And we actually got the uh, introduction or the uh, we got pointed in the right direction by this guy named Mega. And Mega used to own Black Scale. Yeah, Black Scale. Oh, yeah. So yeah. he owns Black Scale. That's a good connect. Black Scale still around. But I don't this, think so. The dude, he yeah, he's now with Nikki Diamonds, and they're doing. Uh, uh, halfway dead. That's their new brand. But anyway, yeah, so Mega pointed us in the right direction of this one dude that did all their sample pieces, and he was based in California. Um, this dude was Latino, we're Latino, we're Mexican, and so we were able to communicate with him very well. It was awesome, everything was good. Um, we were just using uh, sizing that he's used before, so he sent us samples, and they just fit like trash. Euro cut, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. If you were thin Slim enough, and short. Yeah, yeah. Not Chicago friendly, you know what I'm saying? So we were asking for modifications and this and that, like shorten the sleeve, widen the side, this and that, make fucking uh, the collar a little bit bigger, and the communication just ceased, and it was like, what the fuck? So, but we're all we're also busy and we have lives, so you know, you, sometimes you let like kind of let a month go by, you're like, what the fuck? But bro, a year went by, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But we were trying to communicate with this dude, and my brother Manny was actually uh, ready to book a ticket to LA to go to this dude's factory. But before he did that, like, we didn't threaten him, but we're like, dude, what the fuck? And Manny was very clear. Manny's kind of like, he's not a dick, but he's like, he lets you know. He's kind of like the asshole. You know what I'm saying? Everybody needs an asshole. Stern? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's stern. He's the stern guy, bro. If you don't have a stern guy, you need somebody to be like, yeah, no. you got to. No, fuck <laughs> you. This is what you we need. This is what we want. This is what we're going to get. You if you don't have that, you'll just get, like, taken advantage yeah, of, always. dude. And that's another lesson for us. We've learned those throughout our fucking careers. But Manny was like, yo, basically, yo, yo, what the fuck? So the dude ended up replying. It was a crazy story. He ended up telling us that his fucking family got kidnapped in Mexico. Which might not be far-fetched because that shit happens all the time. It really does. Mm. Um, that the cartel got his ass. And we're like, whoa, what the fuck? And so if that was real, then I get it. But we ended up getting our stuff. Um, it still didn't fit perfect, but we paid so much for it, we had to sell it. That was our first experience. But the denim jackets fit fire, actually. Those came out perfect. Yeah, I remember wanting one. Yeah. I didn't end up and getting one. We did denim vests, too. Those were perfect, too. The, but, the vests and the jackets were the same denim, right? Yeah. But we never went back to dude, you know what I'm saying? Because he whoa. fucking sucked. So... Yeah, it took a while for us to find another place that we're comfortable with, and we're currently working with them right now. But they're overseas, so there's pros and cons. People will tell you "fuck you," "why are you over there?" 
You know, you're trying to get your shit mass produced, sweatshops. I get it, bro. But it's all about, you know, right now it's about margins and making money. And we're going through companies that we, that other people recommended for us that are doing extremely well. And we are, we have, they've done their due diligence when it comes to not being complete pieces of shit. Like, you know, for the people that are manufacturing the product. Mm -hmm. Uh, So... As far as I know, there are no sweatshops involved. You know what I'm saying? And we're not producing thousands of units. You know what I'm saying? We're like doing a honcho or so. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. like. So it's like people that think like that, like, bro, fuck you. Like, stop being assholes. Like, <laughs> motherfuckers are just trying to eat. Um, we're just trying to get our margins up and get our quality up. And that's what usually happens when you find a factory that does all that instead of going to an individual. True. Do you feel like doing all the cut and sew pieces you guys always have kind of sets the, the brand of Juggernaut a little bit above? You're not just like a, a t-shirt yeah. brand. Yeah, cut and sew, ready to wear shit's always like the move for everybody. It's kind of like the only way you're going to get taken seriously. I feel like if you, I mean, like I said, we've all been dorks of streetwear forever. If you really support a brand and all they're putting out is tees, you get to a certain point where you have like 65 fucking t-shirts yeah. in the same brand yeah. and you're like... I don't really need any more t-shirts. So when you got jackets and button-ups and things coming out. I agree 1,000%. So, uh... I, I never knew that you was like that you was rapping and shit like yeah. you came up through hip hop and it make a yeah. lot of sense when I'm seeing like all the collabs and shit y'all did I know y'all did the pack deal shit back yeah. in the day we did uh, Raekwon Raekwon oh, I didn't even know y'all Wale. did Raekwon yeah, that's did what's hat. up we I seen Wale Chuck English how, yeah, Chuck, how did a lot of these yeah. uh these collaborations come like come Every, through like everything just... for us has been organic bro mm-hmm. everything is organic one, one time for for a while we were like the we were the uh, <clears throat> we were known as like the 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 store that had the most uh, uh, meet and greets and shit like that. Back then, the yeah. meet and greet was fire because the meet and greet the artists would come to a location and it would be fucking free. You know what I'm saying? The fan can go watch meet their favorite their rapper favorite rapper for free. That mm-hmm. shit don't happen no more. It's all I about remember those the shit. VIP. You pay oh, extra. you go to the venue, meet and greet, hundred twenty five dollars. Yeah, but they realize I'm not mad at them because you got to eat. You know what I'm saying? You're making extra money, but. It kills it for stores like ours and just that experience. But back then, it was all organic. So we always had people hitting us up for meet and greets, mm-hmm. the managers, the labels. And how they got our number, I don't know. Usually it's because of relationships. So right. we know you, you know the label. And the label guy goes, yo, dog, I need a store in Chicago. Yo, fuck Juggernaut. You know what I'm saying? Hell yeah. So at one point, people were like, yo, man, the motherfuckers are just paying for all that shit. That's all fucking payola. And we're like, huh? Like, <laughs> there's literally a rumor going around. In Chicago, in the scene, that we're paying for everything, which is fine because it makes it look like we got dough like that. Right. <laughs> right. But no, none of that shit was paid. I remember, uh, I don't know if it was Gibbs or some, or it was fucking, no, uh, Dom Kennedy, I believe it was him. Love they hit us up and they're like, yo, could we like do a meet and greet, this and that. And I'm like, oh, tight, man. Yeah, let's do it. What, uh, how could, let's, we can definitely host it. What do you need from us? They're like, okay, we just need $1,000. And I'm like, nah. I'm like, bro, we don't. Like, How do they uh, reach out to you and then ask for money? Yeah, right. That's weird. <laughs> a, yeah, that was like the first time we ever got asked for money, and I was the first time me saying like, "Yeah, I can't do it, bro. We don't we don't pay for these. It's just we do it for our customers and like for the fans." And they they said they said cool, it's fine, no problem. They found somewhere else and they did it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But it was always organic for us. And like once you develop that relationship, you know, and like they fuck with your shit, you're able to talk like, "Yo, let's do something." And that's how it worked. Every collab we've ever done, that's how it's worked. Are there any like new artists that you want to work with? Oh man, we'd love to work with everybody and their mamas. But 
it's just it's just like I said, everything for us has been organic. So we're not out there chasing, right. which is maybe a mistake. Maybe we do need to be out there chasing. You know what I'm saying? But not into, like that's just we're just busy right now, bro. Yeah, I'd love to work with everybody and anybody, dog. Like fuck. Uh, I think the organicness of it though makes it feel better when it does yeah, happen. It makes it the shit look natural. But it's also slow growth. You know what right. I'm saying? You can't wait for shit to happen all the time because shit might not happen or shit might take six months or a year to happen. Or if you were being aggressive or not aggressive or at least being trying to be uh, you know, just trying to push your shit and trying to make shit happen, like six months, you can probably make some shit happen. You know what I'm saying? Like let's say if I really wanted Raekwon and instead of letting it happen mm -hmm. organically and it took a year, if I kept hitting him up and hitting him up, maybe that Within three months, I could have made that happen. Right. So it's a it's a good thing and potentially a bad thing. My whole thing is just to be aware. And if there's somebody you really want to work with, fucking hit them up. Hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's that easy. Like, yeah. Literally like, that fucking. Easy. Now that I'm thinking about it, that is like the first time I ever like been to y'all store was for like a meet and greet. Yeah. Hell yeah. I think that was a lot of people's first time. Then they're like, oh, the store is dope. Yeah. That's kind of the point. You yeah. get the people in the store to meet their artist. Then they're like, oh, the shop is dope. I'm going to pull up and get some shit. Yeah, and that's why we did them. So and with y'all being tapped in, I know you, if I remember correctly, you guys hosted a 10-day release and the Acid Rap release. Yeah. What was the difference between those two events? Oh, 10-day was like extreme and not extreme, but it was like, it was cracking. But the Acid Rap was like, Cracking times 20. That shit was out of hand, dude. It got shut down. Uh, the whole point of it, technically, after thinking back, the whole point of it was to get shut down. That was the, the goal. Like media attention kind of thing? Exactly, bro. Because I'm thinking like, yo, dog, like, why, why are we shutting down the store right now and organizing it to only fit 20 people when we can fit 30 to 50? You know, well, that's a big difference. Probably fit like 40. But anyway, and I, I wanted to get as many in and out as possible, but I, no, 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 no. We're just going to let people in we're gonna let them listen to the album we're gonna relax and then we're gonna let the next batch in I'm like, all right cool but by the next batch there was already 400 plus kids outside so if, you, if you've ever been at the store and uh it, we're in the middle of the block uh so 400 plus kids outside lined up wraps around the block uh goes into the alley crosses the street on plymouth and goes into the library hits the library. That's a 400 plus line. God damn. So that's how far Shit. it went. And, and it wasn't just one after the other. There was like little pockets of kids. You know what I'm saying? Like four kids, two kids, three kids, four kids. It's just insane. And yeah, the cops came out for a good reason. Um, shut it down. Chance had to go outside and like, you know, let everybody know, sorry, he's getting shut down. And it was like the talk of the town. For sure. I know you were his, like, that's like your man. When he was making acid rap, did you think it was going to be like that? No, I always knew he was super talented, bro. 10 Day was when we fell in love with Chance. 10 Day's fire. You know did you know him before that project? So fucking fire. Chance used to walk into the store all the time. He used to walk in with this project called Five Day. And Five Day was trash. <laughs> <laughs> Five Day was trash. Five Day had uh, the only, there was like two, two songs on there that ended up going on 10 Day, but they were redone for good reason, because they were trash then. And then when he redid them, there was just fire. Um, but he brought Five Day, and I'm like, oh, cool, man, whatever. It's his burnt CD that said Chance the Rapper, hashtag Chance the Rapper, at Chance the Rapper. And I'm like, bro, maybe, and back then I'd be like, man, maybe, you know, if you, if you had like $100, you can invest in like uh, printing some flyers or some inserts, some inlets, and just get your own, you know, you can still burn it, but you can have a little you know, a little cover and, mm -hmm. you know, you're investing in yourself and it just shows that you're a little bit more serious, you know what I'm saying? And he's like, oh, yeah, 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 dope, man. Dope, dope, thank you. And I'm like, all right, tight. And I'm like, maybe I... And this is what I was telling everybody back then. Certain people listened, certain people didn't. And then he came back with 10 Day and I'm like, oh, and I remembered him. I'm like, oh, 
I wonder if he did the thing. No, he just gave me a burnt CD. Hashtag, <laughs> Hashtag Chance the Rapper, at Chance the Rapper. And uh, we had like five of them because he'd leave them there for us to give out. Uh-huh. And I'm like, all right, whatever, man. He didn't listen. Who gives a fuck? Whatever. And I'm like, ah, I'm going to listen to it. So I put it on. We had a CD player. For those of you that don't know what that is, Google it. <laughs> it's fucked up because you probably, some of you probably don't. For sure. Um, I've never had one. You've never had a CD player? No, that are listening to the pod. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I had it's Walkman with the eight-second skip protection. I had oh, all yeah, that yeah, bullshit. That shit was, I had a mini-disc player at one point. I remember <laughs> them bitches. I didn't understand them at that Google point. Google <laughs> But, yeah, he, he, didn't, he didn't take any info. No, he didn't pay attention to me at all. But I put it in the CD player, and, bro, it didn't leave the CD player for a week. Like, yeah, for a no. week straight. Eight fuck hours. Fuck you talking about. Bro, no. I'm talking about beginning to end. Eight yeah. hours. All of them went hard, bro. Ten days, fire. Um, and so, yeah, we were just like, yo, this is insane. And then, like, his dad walks in. Ken, shout out Ken. And he's like, yo, man. Do you? I'm like, I'm like, yo, your chances, dad? I'm like, yo, this shit's fucking amazing. He's like, really? Thank you. Yeah, man, we've been having trouble booking a release party for it. And we're like, what? Like, really? Like, why? Uh where are you going? Like, we went to Reggie's, um, and then we went to uh, somewhere else. And I'm like, what are they charging? He's like, Reggie's is charging us $5,000. I'm like, damn. <laughs> like, That's a lot of money, bro. Yeah. I'm like, honestly, bro, real talk, they charge us $1,000. i am like, if you want, like, we can book it. Like, we can do the, we can do the release. We'll do it with you because we've been listening to it for a week. Um, and this is just illustrates, this kind of shows how, like, us being part of the scene and us being rappers coming up, mm-hmm. I always wished I had some shit like that. Hell bro. yeah. And we never did. We never did. But if we can do it, so we were doing it. So like Manny, which is like the least one of us to really enjoy a like a hip-hop, hip-hop. Not to say that it's a hip-hop, hip-hop album, because he loves like Cam and all that. But um, he's just the dude that'd be like, nah. You know what I'm saying? But he loved this shit too. And we're like, and instead of like going halves on the show, we told him like, we'll just pay for it. Like, we'll pay for the whole show. We'll split the profits, though. Whatever we make, we'll split. Um, and he's like, wow, why? He's, he was just shocked at why we would do that. And it's just because we fucked with the album so much and we fucked with the community and we want the community to do well. Um, we never, like, told him that, but it's just kind of what we do. You know what I'm saying? And so we ended up booking. I'm like, so you want to do Reggie's? They're like, no, nah, fuck that place, man. 5K, fuck them. I'm like, wow, okay. They ended up becoming best friends with Reggie's now. Like, they, they're like all day but at the point they fucking hate at that point they hated them um so we looked around we we're gonna do it at hob at the house of blues we we're gonna do it uh another place but we ended up landing at uh, lincoln hall and lincoln hall was when we did we had show you suck open we had saint milia supporting and then we had chance and uh yeah we sold out i remember that day when we throw the show we sold out a week before the show and then i remember the day up, of man. the show i was in the alleyway and i was talking to one of td tde i forget his name but he was a tde manager like Dave Free or whatever? One of these guys. Yeah. Bro. And we had met him through, um, through because we had Schoolboy Q at the store. We had him twice. Um, so we met him through Schoolboy when he did the meet and greets. And he called his, Who, who's this Chance Rapper guy? I'm like, oh, man, just sold out his show, bro. And that's when I talked to Ken. I'm like, but that never happened. Um, yeah, that was the first time we did the show, and it just went crazy. That's I remember up, celebrities man. coming into the store. I remember Macklemore coming in because we did a couple meet and greets with him. And. He's like, who, who's popping in Chicago, bro? Who you feeling right now? I'm like, bro, 
Never heard a chance. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Damn. like, honestly, bro, like six months later, Macklemore booked Chance to tour with him. That's a oh, fucking shit. Literally, bro. I shit you. The first time Macklemore heard of Chance is because of me, because I was sitting here fucking bragging about Damn. it. Damn. Like, that just goes back to creating organic relationships. Though. Yeah, yeah. Just, Macklemore trusted your opinion and was like, yeah, fuck it, let's yeah, run it. It's also just it's what you're into. That's you know, a fucking push, yeah. beautiful story. That's man. when Macklemore was popping. <laughs> yeah, it was popping. He had that Jordan song yeah, well, he while he was crazy. on his way to popping. Because technically, when he had the global hits, when he was popping. But in our world, he had that Jordan song. So Hell he was yeah. like relevant in our world. Dude, it's weird. I left Chicago for one year. Like, I've been here for like 11 now. I left like for one year and went to Seattle. And I was, I was managing an Urban Outfitters, and Macklemore would come in. That's crazy. And people just didn't give a fuck. Like, whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. Man, that's, what, that's how it goes. One year, you're nothing. The next year, like, everybody's, like, number one on their number one list. It's got to be the craziest life adjustment to have that happen. I'm, I'm so ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so no. sure everybody else is. Right. Um, so, real quick on the same kind of subject, you guys were, like, heavily involved when... Uh, Mayno did the treated shit. Kanye rocking the treated hat. It yeah, blew up. You guys being like really close with that. Did you see like an influx of people fucking with the store? I mean, whenever you fuck with something that somebody fucks with a lot, and that thing fucks with you, yes, you see the <laughs> influx one thousand percent. Like it's like it's it's most impactful when that that's fucking with you tags you or mentions you. You know what I'm saying? If I get a picture of. Kanye West wearing something that's great. We could post it. That's awesome. But if we get Kanye to tag us, to post us, the impact is tenfold, hundredfold. So that's what you really want. But yeah, you can definitely notice it. Like, cause he, we, that was one of the last, like, not one of the last times, but that was one of the first times we had a big line. For one of the hats, uh, yeah, right? For a hat release, and it was for the the treated cap, and I, we transformed <laughs> the store too. Um, we did the, we really transformed the store for the white hat, bro. We made it look like a fucking butcher, butcher meat thing. It was all, bro, head to toe, it was all white. So it took all fucking day. That shit sucks, but that's what's impactful. That's what people remember. For sure, because it's like an event. It's yeah, an actual thing. So like, like, I remember walking in, the aesthetic yeah, was different. Yeah, talking about it makes me think we got to do some shit like that again. For sure. Was that around the time the infamous Beyonce Instagram photo? <laughs> yeah, I love that picture, bro. Yeah. The juggernaut we, we shield? Sent, we sent treated caps to Jay-Z. Uh, basically, anybody Mano had a relationship with was like Bieber. Bieber was wearing a treated cap. Jay Z, Kanye, Beyonce had our sticker. Um, yeah, we stole a picture of her. On this, well, she posted it a picture of her laptop set of In and Out Burger with our sticker there. We're like, holy shit. And then, but she didn't tag us, but whatever. But then she was at some show and she was like kneeling down on her laptop, and Time Magazine took that picture and it had our logo just right there. That's fire. So, so that's where we stole that picture from. Um, if you ever, we have, we put out a shirt with her, with the picture. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? It's fucking the beehive. Yeah, that's crazy, right? dude. The bee queen. The if she would have tagged y'all, it would have been game oh, over. Oh, bro, we'd be at fucking hundreds of queen, thousands yo. of followers and then going from there. For sure, dude. But that's just the way, it's the game, man. You got to figure this shit out and you got to be important enough for them to tag you. But it's just a blessing to have such a small brand like ours to touch them. Oh, for sure, dude. Sure, that's man. crazy. Hell yeah. Let's go ahead and take a little short break right now. Just a little tiny break. We're going to be right back with more with my man Roger, co-owner of Juggernaut, one of Chicago's premier top-tier streetwear stores out, man. Go check their website, man. Go check what they doing. is real nice, man. Real nice. But right now, you already know it's time for that hot shit of the week. You know, Saint It got to get y'all some fresh, new... Be playing in them headphones, man. What y'all doing? Y'all shit, man. You know I got y'all back like chiropractic. 
This week we're gonna go ahead and get y'all one of our past guests, man. Uh, Show You Suck was on the show. Big ups to Show You Suck. Big love to that man, yo. Uh, he got a he got a new group called Air Credits, man. He linked up with Steve from the Hood Internet to bring y'all some shit. This is off they new shit came out a couple months ago. It's called Synthetic Love. Let's get it. treated shit you guys also there's a local um music studio i'm pretty sure is what it is now called closed sessions you guys did some jams with them yeah how was that do you just have a relationship with rtc or how did that come about yeah it was through rtc because he used to teach at columbia maybe still does i'm not too sure but yeah he came by and we we did a couple collabs with them but the biggest thing we did with them was the digital freshness where we had all the local well it was the first time of them doing 18 plus and uh yeah, we had, you know, Chance, obviously, on there, St. Millie. We had uh, Alex Wiley, Femdot, and uh, these two other dudes that I can't really remember. But it was all the up-and-coming young kids, you know what I'm saying? And then, like, Chance popped off. Wiley was doing his thing. Femdot's doing his thing. So everybody's, like, kind of, like, everyone that we touched in some way, my bad. Um, you know, there's, well, we had one superstar come, superstar come out of that. But it was kind of dope. That was the first time we actually did a show with them. We actually worked uh, closely with them on a project. That's what's up, bro. Yeah. That's what's up, yeah. We need more of that shit out here, man. Oh, a thousand percent. Bro. I remember, like, I feel like when I was in college, we it was it was hella shows, bro. Yeah, yeah. And, like, and I feel like is. we got to get back to that. Now it's all, there's still a lot of shows, but they're all just, like, you know, they're done through the bigger companies. Mm-hmm. 
So And that's what happens. Yeah, they become thirty, forty dollar tickets and shit, which yeah. is and then sixty dollar VIPs, meet and greets and all this bullshit. But it's cool. I'm not mad at them. At the end of the day you just gotta build your brand, build your hype, build your clout or whatever you want to call it to the point where people need to pay attention hell yeah so like you want to be the rsvp you know what i'm saying you want to be bigger than them and that's basically what we're all well at least what we're trying to do it's like i understand man you ain't fucking with us better now cool man you'll be back you know what i'm saying <laughs> like you know you just got to make it happen and like that's one thing i do notice is like when you do certain things and people take notice you'll you'll notice certain people come to the shop You'll notice certain, you know what I'm saying, characters pop up mm-hmm. that never pop up. That only pop up at, like, the hype events, at, you know what I'm saying? So that's when you start realizing, okay, we're touching this market again. Cool. And I'm not mad at that. Like, it's, like, you fuck with us, awesome. You don't, that's cool. Eventually, hopefully, we'll do something that you do fuck with and you come fuck with us again. Hell yeah. So I would never just hate anybody unless you're just out here just, like, Blatantly throwing shade on purpose, like yo, fuck Juggernaut, because there's some bitches. And you're just like, what? There's no basis to that shit at all. Yeah. I was in Wicker Park once, and, I, and some dude recognized me. Yo, Juggernaut, right? And he's like, fuck y'all, man. Y'all don't fuck with me. I'm like, huh? I'm like, Excuse me, bro. I'm like, Mo, like, we're a store. What are you talking about? I brought my CD. Y'all didn't want to play it. I'm like, bro, man. I'm sorry, dog. Like, we sell clothes. <laughs> True, like, bro. I'm so sorry, dude. And like, this is not the place to like talk business. At 1.30 a.m. in the corner, six corners. You're leaving Crocodile and, I'm and shit. leaving somewhere to go somewhere else. Right. It's like, I, I always hated that. And that's why I try not to talk business in, you know, social gatherings. But sometimes you're not going to see the motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. This dude, he's only in town for one day. I just happened to see him at this party. Uh-huh. Take your shot. I get it. But, you know, if you go to fucking sub tea all the time and... I kind of know you, you know what I'm saying? And, like, I'm just sitting there having a good time, and uh, you come at me like, yo, bro, look, I got this T-shirt brand, and I want a bro, come on, man. Like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't approach nobody like, when they bro. in their element, man. Like, man, we're, you know, we're drinking, having a good time. Ain't nobody, I'm nobody special either. You know? <laughs> like, you can clearly call me tomorrow, dog. I'm yeah. at the shop. You can come by, but you decide to do it now, right now. Uh-huh. And you, you could have done it yesterday. You could have called me yesterday. You know what I'm saying? But because you saw me, it reminded you that, oh, this guy owns a store. This guy has this and that. So it's just, it's, that's what I think of. And that's why I don't like it. So I'm like, come on. Mm. But I get it. Like, you know, if I'm fucking Pharrell, I'm in town for one night. Yeah, cool. Pitch me. But you're going to talk to my bodyguard. You know, and probably not going to hear you at all. But, <laughs> so I'm not Pharrell. So just don't talk to me tomorrow. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> funny story. Funny story is, uh. One time, like, a couple years ago, me and my boy Kid, we had a song that came out. And, like, people was fucking with the hood, internet remixed it and all this shit. But we had sampled this Too Short song, right? I love Too Short. So, uh, so like, we're, we're at this party. We were in L.A. We're at this party. And, like, me and Kid, we were, like, planning on shooting a video out there or whatever. And we're in the sh- party. I'm like, is that Too Short, bro? Uh, that's he was like, bro, we got to ask him. That's we got to ask him to be in the video. And I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I'm not going to go. He's sitting there with his girl. I'm yeah, like, I'm not going to say nothing to Too Short with his girl. Yeah. <laughs> you just got to take your shot, though. But I feel you. But it's just like, you can't bother people. respectful thing. You can't bother people when they element with their girl and shit. You can't do that. Because honestly, if they don't know who you are at all. Like, the only way I think you can bother somebody like of that that has that type of uh, clout or whatever. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Like, that. He's up. I'm a little drunk now. <laughs> Shout out White Claw. <laughs> yeah, but if uh, 
The only way I think you can approach somebody like that and maybe potentially talk business is to be like, hey, man, you know my buddy Sam. You yeah. got a buddy, connection. You yeah. know my buddy George. You work with XYZ Company. My buddy Adam owns it. Exactly. Like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I work with XYZ Company. I did so many videos. Yeah, dope. Yeah, I do this. Then you have your opening. Or you got to have a pocket of money right or there. Or your pocket <laughs> I'm watching my video. No, fuck you. But look, here's 100000 <laughs> You got the duffel with the 100 yes. just on you. Hey. Bro, it, I guarantee he probably takes it. Excuse me, Mr. Short. Excuse me, Mr. Short. This is tax-free, bro. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to claim it or nobody knows. No, just throw in the trunk. You're bro. good. But if you got it like that, you probably... Don't need to. Well, you might want to. Yeah, I would. Want I mean, that's some icon legend shit. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah. specifically <laughs> want too short. Yeah. If I had it like that, I'd give him a hundred just to kick it. I would like just kick it for a little yeah, bit. He'd probably buy a couple bottles. He hang out with you, bro. For sure. Like, bro, just go talk to him. But he's too short, man. I'm not for I'm not gonna walk up to too short and just talk to. Him. Hey, bro, you wanna be in our video? <laughs> I, had a, I had a Hyundai Excel. Uh, fully equipped CD changer with no cell. That's a biggie line. But anyway, <laughs> um, I had a Hyundai XL and it was blue and I had a 12, two 12 inch speakers, but my, my back seat didn't fit. My trunk couldn't fit it because it's small. So we cut the box in half. So I had one 12 inch speaker and a subwoofer and I sat in the middle of my seat in the back and all we played was too short. Cause <laughs> and the bass is going in that shit. Bro, subwoofer dog, bro. We thought we were so cool. I used to clean my car and like I smoked uh, black and miles back then. I smoked. <laughs> you were doing the most. black and miles, just cruising, feet off. Like no, uh, no, I have no issue with other people. Like I, we talked about it off air, and I was just talking about how it just. I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's cool because, like I said, it uh, it makes Chicago a more viable market. It makes people realize that like, yo, there's enough uh, people out here that will support us, and we can create. We can put up a brick and mortar and we're going to be successful. That wouldn't happen 10 years ago. That's only happening because of people uh, like us, people right. like Mano, people like Chance, people that are popping and that are into fashion. Well, Chance ain't really into fashion like that. He is, but you know, shout out Chance, but come on, man. Your style is nice. <laughs> um, but I love you, whatever. Um, but yeah, that's that's what it is, man. These, these companies are starting to scout and starting to realize that we're a market. We've always been a market for everything else, bro. So, like, why not fashion? Like, we have some fashionable motherfuckers in the city. Um, and that's just the beginning of that, bro. Just to have those type of stores here gives the young kid that's 10 years old right. access. Hell yeah. So now he can get fresh. Like, all his favorite XYZs, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, and where do they shop? They shop at the Round Twos. They shop at the Supremes. They shop at the fucking, the kits or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, we need a kit, you know what I'm saying? I want that, you know what I'm saying? Um, and it also gives us, the local guys, a reason to step our game up. Like, it's either going to swim or drown, bro. Like, why the fuck do you want to come to us, Juggernaut, if I can go to Kith and get, like, the heat? Why the fuck do you want to go to fucking uh, um, Boneyard, those are our people, when you can just go to fucking Round Two? It's going to make them up their shit. And mm-hmm. if we don't, then we drown. And then yeah. we're gone. And that'll be sad. That'll be sad if none of the Chicago establishments make it. I just, that, it won't happen. Yeah, I'm about to say, I don't think that will happen at well, all. Well, you know, real. you just never fucking know. I'm but not like, saying all of that will work, be around, man, but... You just got to realize you have to work because it does affect you, bro. Mm-hmm. It, it's like, you know what I'm saying? Why would anybody want to come spend money at your establishment when they've heard of the other one? You know what I'm saying? And like, it's a cool thing to do. So it's kind of fucked, it's a double-edged sword, and it's kind of like, but like I said, man, you can't stay comfortable always, you have to push. If anything, it's just motivational. That's all it can be, bro. If you don't look at it as such, then you're, then I don't know, how is you're just gonna be mad. 
Mm-hmm. Fuck them. We're from Chicago. And then like a store like y'all, yeah. I feel like y'all always got new shit covered. Y'all oh, do the yeah. Chicago every season, everywhere shit every now. Every season we drop stuff. The season. And y'all always. Mids. I feel like y'all always keep it pushing. Yeah, we're doing all over. Everything's becoming cut and sewn now. More ready mm-hmm. to wear for us. So that's us, literally realizing that we need to fucking do more of that. And we've always needed to do more of that. But the thing is, our only plug for that was in Cali, and I told the story earlier. Yeah. How that went? Fuck that. So now that we're overseas and we found a factory that we're comfortable, it took about two, three factories. And uh, we jumped around and uh, we had uh, people suggest, and this was one of the, this actually wasn't one of the suggestions. Um, this is one that Manny, Manny Muscles found. And yeah, we're happy so far. We did samples and things are working out to our liking. And the first drop of that fact, or one of those factories is, uh, is the knits for Black Friday. Yeah, this is drop on Monday, so before Black Friday, what's up with these knits? Yeah, the knits. So we're doing knits. We're just doing sweater knits. Like, you know, they're just... We, I heard some another store in Chicago announce one, but um, I think we'll have we'll be the first to market with them in Chicago. You know what I'm saying? Two um, different styles, right? Yeah, one of them is a black cat, and then the other one is we. We're big hip hop dudes, bro, and like you know, motherfuckers, and we are big Chicago because we're from Chicago. But we're also big hip hop dudes, and like um, Brian Be Easy took inspiration for the second uh, the knit. It's called Where I'm From, and it's from a song from Jay Z called Where I'm From. Yeah. So there's a pop up below where I'm from, yeah. Marcy, son. Yeah, so there's Ain't a, nice. There's like there's a line that says where I'm from, where uh, all they do is argue who's the nicest, yeah. Biggie, Jay Z, or Nas, Nas. Yeah. and that's where the concept of that uh, knit came from. So Tight. all it says is uh, uh, notorious being Jay Z and Nas and Juggernaut. I love that. <laughs> I so, actually love that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And like that's just us taking influence from shit that we grew up with on like the music tip, bro. Like. Say so, yeah, Chicago shit all day too, but that'll be like next type shit. Hell you know yeah! And so it's like we we don't limit ourselves to just doing Chicago shit. Even though one of our hottest sellers is Chicago everywhere, and then the Dynasty joint, which is Jordan Pippen and Rodman. But like I said, bro, we like shit that's not just from Chicago. You have a ton of different influences. You're not 1, just influenced by your own city. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I feel like brands that really go so hard on. I'm from New York. I'm from Chicago. You just pigeonhole your brand. Because a lot of people, unless they just like have family there or something, they don't really want to wear a brand that's just plastered a no, city they're not from. I so I think it's a good way to go about it. Yeah, it's just about trying to like appeal to your customer, or to your clientele, or your following, or whatever the fuck you want to call them. It's just trying to figure out. I mean, at the end of the day, you need integrity, and your integrity is what you enjoy. But if you're building your fan base and you're building them to to what you, if you're if you're showing them what you like, you're probably going to garner a certain fan base that enjoys what you like. So, in that sense, as long as you build, all of a sudden, guys, yo, we got doors <laughs> creaking. <laughs> no, man, I'm out of here. Oh, <laughs> uh, Devo, White Claw, holler at me. I'm drunk. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm drunk. I forgot. I lost my train of thought. No, it's all good. But anyway, yeah. Uh, what, uh, what like out, outside about? of the the juggernaut stuff, like the brand, you you know the store brand you guys do, I've been fucking with the shop, you know, ten years now. I f- you guys have a lot of brand loyalty to the the, the brand you carry. Yeah. So yeah. is that just because of the relationships right? you formed? I just noticed like Stussy is a fucking legacy brand. Yeah. But y'all have that's been like y'all shit the whole time. Well, with them we'll never. Well, bro, you got to ride it out with Stussy, bro. Because come on, <laughs> thirty plus. Susie's like iconic streetwear. Yeah. Oh geez, bro. Like and they're, they're making just as much heat now as they ever were. Yep. The new Stussy shit is fire. The new fall, the new like winter shit. Yeah, the cool is thing great. about them is that they're finally um they're back. Uh they're starting to be garner that um 
that hype attention. They've always been relevant. They've always been dope. Like, you can't go wrong with a Stussy piece. But not till the last year or so have they been garnering this hype attention. So now they're starting to be mentioned by other rappers. I remember the first time I heard it was uh, Lil Yachty, maybe a year ago or less. He put out an album and he's like, yeah, I'm on my vintage shit. I'm on my vintage shit, Stussy. And uh, it's just shit like that. And like, you really, like, we sell a lot of it to overseas customers, man. Because over there, it costs more. So right. they come over here and get it cheaper. But literally, it's in the conversation now, in the hype conversation. So, like, Stussy's a brand. If you have the right piece, you can wear it. Like, you can go to a snob party where they're all wearing Louis Vuitton and high-end bullshit. But if you got that right piece, bro, Stussy, you be good. You'd yeah, be exactly. Good. You go to streetwear circle, you're good. You know what I'm saying? Like, you go to, even go to, like, fucking, your, you got a girlfriend, their parents are oldish. They'll probably be like, oh, I remember that. Bro. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Stussy. This and is thirty plus years old. Bro. The thing is, any brand you've dorked out on recently, they get some influence from Stussy. Oh, it's gee, so fucking uh, iconic. Fire. They've never stopped. You know, like they've kept putting out heat, yeah. and it's just. I think it's at one of the best points it's been in a really long time. But on kind of that same note, but a different wave. I feel like you guys were really close with them. How do you feel about almost like the rise and the huge taper of like Mishka? Oh, Mishka was crazy, bro. And you guys were close yeah. with them, right? Yeah, we were real close. We carried them a lot. I remember Greg. Greg is the owner, and like, or one of the owners, him and uh, Mikolai. They're the two owners. Uh, Mikolai's the Russian, because Mishka's bear in Russian, mm -hmm. a little cub in Russian or something. But yeah, um, yeah, I used to talk to Greg a lot. Um, and I just remember, uh, I don't know, they're still around. They're still fire, yeah, and they still sure. do their thing. And they I got the psychic doing, hearts, too, right? Yeah, that was Mikolai. That was his passion project after he stopped doing Mishka. Um, but, and I used to talk to his mom, Bella. Shout out, Bella. Yeah, I used to talk to her. Yeah, I knew you guys were like close. You're talking to moms and shit. Yeah, man, talking about <laughs> Brooklyn weather and shit and getting into exercise and shit. But that's how we, you know, when it's a small brand, that's, you communicate yeah. directly with them. And I used, we used to carry a brand called False that's out of Singapore. And uh, this guy named Le Messi. And uh, it, uh, Lupe recently had the, the food and liquor show at the Riv. And, Le Messi was one of the dudes that he shouts out in the album and just somebody he fucked with a lot. But I used to talk to his wife, Amanda, like all the time. She was like sexiest fucking overseas voice. Not that I, nothing sexual. <laughs> it was just sexy. It was just very sexy. Like I had a 70-year-old manager when I worked at a Marshall Fields back in the day. And she was French and... She wasn't attractive, but the, se the voice was yeah. super fucking sexy. Yeah, I already, I'm already You know what I'm saying? So... Yeah, it's just you develop these relationships with these uh, smaller brands, and you know, it's just cool to like talk to them and shit. Um, I'd strayed from the actual question, though. I think. Yeah, is it just kind of weird to be uh, to see it going so well, then to just be like, oh, damn, no, our order is mad no, small now, no. you know? It just goes. Everything goes in cycles, so I don't yeah. like if something just if you notice sales dip a little bit, it'll be back. Um, but we are loyal, and it's not that we're loyal on purpose. It's just they keep dropping heat, so it's like, why would we not carry it? Um, yeah, Ten Deep has not been hype for a minute, but, but it still solid. sells. It's, it's solid. Heat. And eventually, if it does garner that hype attention, well, we still have it. We've been doing it. Unless it just completely falls off for us and we just can't do it. There's been a couple of brands that we had to drop just because, like, they're a little expensive. They're fire to us, but, like, Chicago wasn't fully ready. Mm -hmm. One of them was fucked. We love fucked. Yeah, fucked had his moment. It oh, definitely had his moment fucked. for real. And... It just, man, just wouldn't fucking sell like that. You know what I'm saying? And, like, the only people that would come in for fuck were, like, you know, the people that were in tune. Mm. So, like, I it remember, has, like, a cult following. Yeah, I remember the only time, well, one of the only times that I was at the store that Virgil came by was he stopped by and he asked for fucked. 
He's like, yo, you got some fucks? You got these in an XO? I'm like, damn, sold out, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's the type of brand fucked was. You know, This is before he was Louis Vuitton. This is when he mm -hmm. was doing Pyrex. Um, but yeah, so shit, I just, it just, you, you, you know, you gauge it as you go. Um, and if you find other, we are currently looking to bring in other brands. We don't know what yet. You know, we've been talking Chinatown Market. We've been talking that uh, halfway dead shit because it might be hype. Um, so shit like that, maybe even Polo Sport, because Polo Sport's like a fucking pack sun now, which is fucking... <laughs> yeah, I guess this is kind of stray, but it just reminded me, when y'all, like four years ago maybe, you guys dropped some like boards and you flipped the Polo Sport graphic, yeah. were you going to try to like break into skate, or we what was that about? at the time, sort of, um, because, you know, skate's fire, but... Like with anything, if you don't have somebody on the team that is completely engulfed and passionate about that scene, it's difficult to grow that side of the the company. Um, I can go to a fucking skate park once a month. The, the, the impact's going to be trash, you know what I'm saying? But if I'm there every fucking day, and yeah. that's what I do, it's my life, and I'm pushing us, then there's going to be an impact. Mm -hmm. I'll be seeing people coming in. But we never found that skater. Like B used to skate. I tried. I fell on my ass twice. <laughs> I'm done. I'm that type of dude. Like, oh, that shit hurt. Fuck you. I'm gone. Um, but, yeah. So, like, that's the only reason I know that that never took off for us like that. And, sure. and, yeah, we're still open to it, man. I would love to see some skater. We have some skater kids. A lot of skater kids come in. And, you know, I would love to, like, build with one of them that, that's, like, that lives the shit. You know what I'm saying? Not somebody that just, like, fucking I skate here and there. Right. Not somebody that's, like... Hell yeah. Like, like trying to do the tourneys and trying to jump in the competitions and trying to fucking just be skating every fucking day. And that's the only way we'll be able to build that part of the brand. Yeah. But we would love to do that. Yeah. We talk about it a lot on the pod. Skateboarding is so connected to yeah. everything we like. Music. I was about started. to say. Streetwear started with skateboarding. Exactly. That's what we were saying. Remember you we were like. Be here without it. I was like, all oh, these big companies, they, they want to skip the part where you want to learn, where you have to learn about it and you have to be a part of the culture. They just want to go straight to it. We were talking about like high end designers like doing yeah. collabs with like skate companies. Why they don't do collabs with skate companies and shit like that? The, the Stussy uh, Dior potential collab. No, I heard about I the Jordan that. Dior. They might collab. be doing. No, that came out already. The Jordan Dior? Yeah, it's like eight months out, isn't it? They're doing a Jordan one. Well, they have the samples out already. Oh, okay. They're yeah, out. Yeah. There's pictures out. They're coming I've, out in like eight months. Unless out. those are all rendered. So what's up with the, the like Stussy renders. Dior shit? It's a it's Supreme Leaks News. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever the fuck it is. They posted it. Uh, yeah, Dior and Stussy. And I'm like, oh, shit. I don't know. But it makes sense now. It just makes sense. It's what... The coolest part about it is that now we're influencing them. So we're at that part of Hell this. Yeah. We're at that part. And whatever happens after this, I don't know. Who's going to influence who? Is it all going to be original weird shit? I don't fucking know. But, but it's exciting to be part of it and figuring it out. Just to get your opinion on this... So it's on the people wear it on their back heavy. I got I got some a bunch of off white shit. The off white arrows is straight up an H Street logo from back in the day. Oh really? I didn't so know that. is that like is he like jocking that or is it just probably it's influence? Somebody bro. learns that and they're like, oh shit! Then they're gonna learn about this other brand. It's gotta be influenced, bro. It's, I don't think it's I don't think it's always like because I know Virgil had a skate history. You know, yeah, like, I can't I can't see somebody being like uh, what's the word like malice or being like yeah I'm gonna take that and. I guess you're not. I mean, I guess if you don't give credit, like you know, when the ASAP Rocky dropped a shoe with uh, Osiris, yeah, it was basically that Osiris D3. It was, Osiris, it was <laughs> literally an Osiris <laughs> kick, and it's like that, the only whack part about that is like, yo, he didn't like show love. He should have been, yo, my new shoe. 
you know, shout out Osiris. But yeah. maybe he didn't know that. Because he didn't design the yeah. shoe. There's a designer that designed it, and they show him, and he goes, mm -hmm. that one's fire. He might have just been like, that's fire. I don't know what the fuck Osiris is. I just think it's fire, but they didn't tell me that it was influenced by Osiris. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I don't fully blame him unless they're like, yo, these are Osiris kicks that we flipped and they're... Yeah. But, but then at that I point... Doubt, yeah, I yeah, at that, that point, happened. I'd be like, I don't want that. So I don't know. You know, there's like, there's story, there's parts of the story that we don't know. I think it relates to music a lot too when people are getting sued for like a sample or not a sample but like a melody and they're like I've never even heard of that fucking person. So mine goes like this. The other one goes like that. Yeah, because we were talking about the yellow card Juice World shit. And it's oh, like, I don't even know what's going on. What's up with that? I love Juice World too. Yellow Card's like a pop punk band, and they're saying on Lucid Dreams they stole the melody. Yeah, Lucid Dreams is fire too. They kind of did. He kind of did though. It's that not the even thing. the same. That's the, 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 that's the I, I still see your shit. Yeah, yeah. That's my room. Room. That's, bro, that shit is like poetry, bro. Yeah. That shit is poetry. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> like for real, bro. I still see the shadows <laughs> in my room. Like it's like, bro. That's not Usually it's like, turn up. Yeah. Da -da -da, lean. Da -da -da. Now it's. Bro, come on, shadows in my mm -hmm. room. That song makes that's, me sad for real. Getting in my like Shut ex relationship up. bag and yeah, shit. Yeah, but but it's literally dead on but the yellow poetry, car shit. Bro. It's I, I never, dead on. I want to hear that song. After the pod, we'll play them for you. Yeah. But it's still like who who know who knows if Juice World ever heard fucking yellow card. Yeah. When it comes to melody jacking, quote unquote, I would assume that they probably maybe heard it just because it's. I don't know, man. I think Juice WRLD for sure heard Yellow you know Card. He for sure heard that. It could have been like a thing where like his homie played it in the background one yeah. day, and then it one day he's in and the like, studio. It's, and it's it subconscious. Them. He probably yeah. heard the shit and just said the shit. It was hard. It'd be not even thinking about it'd it. It'd be cool if it was that, but it could also have been like, yeah, what's that one song you played for me the other day? <laughs> oh, oh, play that again, and then he takes the melody, which is a completely different genre. So they might think like, yo, man, my people don't want to listen to this shit, so I'll be good. I or mean, by the time it pops off, it doesn't fucking matter. It took him this off. long to sue him, and that song's been out for fucking ever. So, yeah, there's a lot of reasons why it could be. But, yeah, I honestly, good song's a good song. If, I would prefer that you gave credit, but if you don't, if I like it, I'm not going to be completely mad at you, bro. Just don't keep doing it. Yeah. Right? Or else it's going to become a pattern and then become that dude. Then I'll be like, next song you put out, I'll be like, well, okay, let me hear the original. Yeah. Oh shit! I know what I want to ask you about. I almost forgot to them fucking shorts, bro. Mm. I seen them. Uh, I seen them this summer. Oh. I didn't know it was you until we, I started. I was like, let me go on Instagram. Yeah, like, the, the, the that shit is project. fucking fire, bro. Thank you. Yeah, and, um, tell them about that. That shit. Yeah, amazing, that shit is like dude. super original. Like, oh, thank you. Bro. It's super yeah. original. I never seen no shit like that yeah, before. Yeah, I'm brand new to that shit. I uh, I just uh, I've always wanted to work with my hands, bro, and like literally always. And I just I don't. If you know me, I'm not the type of dude that expresses my emotions or speaks his mind a lot meaning like oh i want to do this i want to do that i just want to do it and in my head but i've been wanting to do it forever and like i actually hooked up with this uh, seamstress and i'm just like yo let's do these shorts i have this i want to take i want to upcycle i want to take all these old joints that i think are fire and just mm -hmm. create shorts out of it i just want to do shorts i want to be the shorts guy <laughs> and uh, she's like yeah i can do it and she kind of did a panel and off an old gap sweatshirt that i had and i'm just it, was, it didn't work out so then i'm like Four months later, like last this March, like at the end of the March, I'm just like, you know what, fuck it. I'm like, Ma, don't you have a sewing machine? And, and like, this is all in Spanish because my mind don't speak English. Uh. And she's like, yeah. I'm like, where the fuck is it? 
She's like, oh, it's in storage. I'm like, I need to borrow it. And like, I'm like, how old is it? She pulled it out. I'm like, how old is it? She's like, it's like 30 something years old. <laughs> it's a vintage piece. Like, yeah. I'm like, holy shit, mom. I'm like, mom, does it still work? She's like, yeah. And she pulled out a fucking button up. She, I'm like, you made this, mom? She made a button. I'm like, you made this? I'm like, oh my God. She's like, yeah, I used to. So she started telling me her whole, which is the best thing about the whole story is that I got to bond with my mother. Bro. Uh-huh. I got to realize that she fucking, she hates her fucking siblings because she used to sew everything and they used to never pay her. Or give her anything, and then she's like, one day, you know what? I'm tired of doing this shit. You know what? I'll 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 make your shirt, but I need you to do my chores for two days. Like she had chores, trade off shit. And they'd be like, nah. <laughs> so that's like she's like, fuck you then. Um, but I learned all that because I wanted to sew, and mm-hmm. she pulled out her fucking machine and she showed me how to put together panels, like how to do it and how she figured it out, which none of it is trained professionally, but. It made sense to me, and then I just started making shorts. And she helped me with one pair, and ever since that, I've been doing my own thing, and I've been doing uh, I've been doing sweatpants now. True. And I want to do everything, and it's just a project called Panels, Panels Project. And every piece of clothing that's ready to wear, or anything in general, is put together with panels. Yeah. It's a panel. That shit is super original, bro. It's super striking. Like, I've never seen it like you. that before. Thank you. Yeah, the cool. And then, and then the, like... What what you choose to put on it though mm-hmm. to also tell another story. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. My biggest thing about that, my the thing that differentiates me from first, I'm not the first guy to upcycle or redo old shit and yeah. turn it into new shit. But the, the what differentiates me is that I try to incorporate Juggernaut into it. Mm-hmm. So we've been around for 12 years now, so I can put in a piece from nine years ago, and that's unique and different. The only shitty thing about that is that I'm gonna run out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, um, but. It's, yeah, it's something that's been working out for me, man. I started like late March, early April, and people buy the shit. And I was, my coolest, the reason I knew it was working, working was like, first of all, I started doing it and I started selling them to random people. And uh, I had a couple quote unquote celebrities like it, and I gave some to them and uh, they wear them. Um, but then we went, to, we did Complex in Chicago, and uh, I put up, because I, I only had five pairs, because I was selling them to people. I wish I would have done 20 pairs, but... But these are handmade. Yeah. All handmade, but instead of focusing on building a collection, I ended up, oh, you want a pair? Cool. I'm going to charge $250. Tight. Let's do it. So mm-hmm. I was, I'm money. I'm just getting money. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. But, and then homies would hit me up. Okay, I'll charge you $150. i will charge you $175. And that was cool, but like, I only had five for ComplexCon, and I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to release them there. I'm going to make it official there. So I released them there, and day one, I sold out of the five. Five? Because they're fire. And uh, the average price was fucking 275 And these are short. I'm like, holy shit. So then that same day, I was wearing uh, Actually, I didn't sell out. I sold four. So I had one pair left. And then I had a pair on that I that I loved, and I'm like, where are these motherfuckers? Mm -hmm. And I just remember walking the floor at ComplexCon. And I was with this uh, this girl that I'm hanging out with, and uh, she's like, "Why is everyone looking at your crotch?" I'm like, "What?" I'm like, "What?" <laughs> so I'm like, I, then I started paying attention, and I'm like, "Holy shit, they're looking at my shorts." I'm like, "Tight." I'm like, All right, cool. So I'm like, I go back to the booth. I'm like, "Damn, what? What? I sold out everything." I'm like, "Wow." I'm like, "Dope." So the next day, I'm like, "Fuck it, man." I took off my shorts and I put them on the rack. <laughs> 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 I didn't wash them or anything. So whoever bought them, bro, thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, you bought them after I wore them, and yeah. We sold it for $280, and I'm like, all right. So I got something here. So this was like July, so August, we're like three months later, started making sweatpants. Um, yeah, so right now I'm currently still selling some sweatpants, trying to create a collection, but 
I still keep getting sidetracked by people wanting them. Or, uh-huh. Right now, I'm like, you know what? I know a couple celebrities, quote unquote. I need to, I'm gonna focus on them right now. Get them their pairs, and I need pictures. And the only bad thing about that is like, I'm getting them their pairs, but I'm not getting the pictures. Yet. Uh. And. I'm getting the text though. Oh, huh? They're amazing. When right. I wear them, people compliment me. You're all like, time. I need you to post that shit. And I got you next time when I put them on. I'm gonna take a picture. But you know, it is what it is, and hopefully the fucking pictures will surface. But thus yeah. far, no. Um, and I have three of them out there with three celebrities, quote unquote. And we'll see what happens. But yeah, that's the panels project. But it's under this thing called Mr. Rogers Does, and Mr. Rogers Does is gonna be a thing that I can do anything. That's mm-hmm. dope because you can expand anywhere with Anything. that thing. Mm-hmm. Mr. Rogers does podcasts. Mr. <laughs> Rogers does car washes. Mr. Rogers does whatever the fuck I want. Hell you know, yeah. So that's the umbrella. I don't want to limit myself to um, just doing one thing. I just know that I enjoy a lot of things and I want to explore that. And you only live once type shit and why the fuck not? Exactly, man. You know what I'm saying? 100% truth. And eventually maybe one of those things will hit. And if you choose to, you grow that. And if not, you dead it, dead it on top and start your next thing. But. Yeah, I feel like as creatives, you're always thinking about a lot of shit at once. But just going back to the panels real quick. So say I'm like, damn, this shit looks crazy. I like it. Can I send you a box of my old shit and you yeah, come up with a concept? That's the way it works, yeah. Oh, Usually I get a lot of uh, requests, but when I tell them the price, it kind of ch- chases them away. But you got to like, you got to set a... You, you know, you got your self-worth, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, these are one of ones. Hell you know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm like, given I'm brand new to this shit, but, you know, I'm not like the coolest motherfucker out here. But, you know what I'm saying? I got a little bit of juice. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not trying to undersell my juice, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's only so much. You're just going to dig yourself a hole if you do that. Yeah, bro. There's only so many cups I could pour right now, bro. The juice is going to run out, and I need to, like, make sure that my shit is, like, Hell yeah. premium right now. And then once I figure it out, I'm gonna be able to grow my shit and make more juice. But right now, the juice is limited. You know what I'm saying? I don't have, I don't have a lot of fucking. How many ounces left yeah, in the cup? I don't man. have that many juggernaut pieces left. I, I, what I do have is fire. I'll tell you that much. But the juice is limited, man. And I need to figure out how to make more fucking juice. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to do that and designing shit and doing shit. So Mr. Rogers does designs. That'll be come up next in four panels, shit like that. Yeah, I think that's an amazing thing to create for yourself because, like you said, it opens so many doors for you. Gee, you, hell yeah. You get a spark, you're like, let's go, oh, and can, you have it something, you branded it yeah, under something. I, mean, I can build a building if I wanted. Mr. Yeah, construction, Rogers, man. Construction doesn't <laughs> fucking matter, bro, for real, like anything. Mr. Rogers rolls blunts, I'll become a professional blunt. <laughs> like, just, it's all about just not limiting yourself. Hell you yeah. Know, people get bored quick, especially nowadays. And not to say that I get bored because I have plenty of shit to do, but, you know, it's just if I wanted to do something, I can do it. And nobody can say, eh, I thought you were a shorts guy. I'm like, no, bro. Whatever. I'm a whatever I don't think guy. anybody wants to be a guy. Yeah. You know, yeah. if, if you but like it's good making to be things, a guy, you should have a specialty. And that's because that's, you, that's your premium. Yeah. That's what you're getting. To, you but, know. I mean, if, you're, if you have a specialty in any creative lane, you're probably pretty just creative across the board you could have input on a lot of different things definitely so yeah. i got i got one more thing you got anything perry uh no that's it. so you you might not agree with this opinion so this would be a good you're a good person to ask 
So I think Japanese streetwear is way better than American streetwear. But I don't really see you guys carry a lot of it in the shop. Well, Japanese... Uh, like double taps, yeah, neighborhood, yeah, undercover. Yeah. No, we don't do that. I mean, that St. Alfred does that. Um, is that kind of why you stay away from it? No, no. We just never really... It's just a higher It's a higher price point. It is. You know what I'm saying? So instead of paying like $34, $40 for a t-shirt, you're at 125 You know what I'm saying? You're looking at 250 200 something for a button up. Mm-hmm. So it's like the market's not fully there. We're, most of our customers are, are kitty corner to us and they're college kids. So you know what I'm saying? So like in order for, and I want, we do want that market, but to attain that market, I guess we would want to do it with our brand. Right. So really you're just ma- making a logical decision for the shop. Yeah. It just makes, plus it costs money to do that. You know what I'm saying? And those brands aren't always willing to give you the account. It might we, even be too close we have to St. We have hit a head porter before. We have hit those type of people mm-hmm. before. Um, but it always becomes how far are you from this shop? And now it's been years since we've done it. So nowadays it might be a free for all and they don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? They're like, cool, we're going to run it. Let's do it. Um, but no, that's actually a good question because it opens up my mind to thinking like, why not? Why yeah. not? We're thinking about these brands. Why not think about one of those? Brands? Well, so take yourself out of being a shop owner. What do you, do you feel a way about it? Do you like the Japanese brands more than the American I brands? I think Japanese, uh, has better quality. For sure. They're yeah. just a better I think people should follow suit on that shit. Yeah, I think the only people that, like, in the States, the only way we compete with Japanese quality is through Canada. Those Canada fleeces are yeah. fucking and only, fire. Yeah, and that's what you had on last week. You had that shit. Yeah, that's only through fleeces, yeah. That's literally it. <laughs> yeah. The place that makes Supreme hoodies is in Canada. It's called Rupa. Yeah. They make fucking amazing well, Champ, hoodies. Raining Champ uh, is owned by... Uh, there's another company. We, we got the... Well, we know where to get the account, but... They're owned by, I forget what it's called, but they're the ones that do all the blanks for uh, Supreme, Acapulco. Anybody does a premium sweatshirt. They, mm-hmm. And if Supreme can't do a straight cut and sew a straight, they get the blanks. Everybody for sure. does blanks. But these are premium blanks. That cotton's fucking great. Fire, Heavy, yeah. nice, yeah, yeah. the good but, fit. You know, yeah, yeah, that's something that we want. And uh, we recently had the direct contact, so hope maybe you'll be seeing our shit like for blanks on those type of hoodies soon or crew necks. True. So what uh, what's next for like what's coming up for Juggernaut? If you want to drop some quick knowledge on people, um, what do you guys got coming soon? Events, gear, anything? Well, we just got the Black Friday drop, which is the two knits, uh, the where I'm from and the Black Cat, <clears throat> and then we're also 2020. We're gonna start doing more events, so we're trying to get back, give back to the youth and trying to do more. Uh, we're bringing these crazy parties events. back. Well, we're trying to. <laughs> we're trying to. It's, just, it's hard to do because it's hard to find a venue, um, but yeah. we're also just trying to just Same do more struggle. events in general. So <laughs> we're just trying to be more in tune with the community and help the community grow. Um, at the end of the day, if the community grows, the market grows, we all grow. Um, but we want to put our hands in everything a little bit, like especially with people trying to do stuff. Like, don't ever be hesitant to come into the store and say what's up, and you know, talk to us about ideas and shit like that. I feel like you guys are so tapped into shit. You could do. You could put your hands in so many different things. Yeah, but in general, you guys can too. It's just. About what you're into and what yeah, you're totally. doing, what you're willing to Hell do. yeah. That's why we started the pod, because everything we talk about on the pod is just things we both just like. Mm-hmm. So it works so well, you know? Yeah. We're talking about music, art, skateboarding. It's shit we just talk about anyway. Because we've always fucking dorked out on yeah. that shit our whole Hell lives. Yeah. I mean, why not speak about what you know, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> with, with all the dope opportunities you've had with the shop, was there any oh shit moments with an artist? Because I know you're a music dork. Where you're like, oh, shit, we're actually fucking with this person? Raekwon was a big one for me. And yeah. Manny, Manny was the, the the point person for that one. And I was kind of jealous of that one. I'm like, damn, man, that's fucking the chef, bro. 
Like, I was like, yo, we need to, like, call him now and be like, when, <laughs> he, when is he in town? And, like, he's like, chill, bro. You really just excited, yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, child man. excited? Yeah, you, seen, just, uh, you seen the Wu-Tang show? I've seen, oh, yes. I've seen two, three episodes. True. I haven't seen it all. True. Uh, one of my buddies, in, I was in Denver, and I was at his place, and he said, like, yo, you seen the Wu-Tang show? <laughs> and I'm like, no, funny not. I thought it was a documentary. No, because they got one. They got the Showtime documentary. But it's a drama, yeah. And yeah. yeah. The three episodes I saw were fire. Yeah. And then Millie at the store, our store manager, keeps telling me, yo, dog. And I'm like, I don't got Hulu, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I just got a Hulu password last night, so I'm about to start that I just shit. I got the Disney yeah, the password. We were, yeah, the Disney shit. We were oh, watching the Disney shit I yesterday. I watched that episode of... Uh, Mongolian, Mongolian. Oh yeah, the Star Wars shit. I was yeah. trying to watch that shit, yo. It's not Mongolian. Shout Is it good, yo? You... Oh, bro, episode, bro. It's a movie, dog. Damn, I'm gonna watch that I shit, bro. One episode. I can't I'm wait. Like, <laughs> when did this movie come out? She's like, bro, it's a show. I'm like, Hell bro. yeah, yo. Yeah, we put movie. that shit on last great, night. Bro. Actually, I'm gonna go watch home. it. I'm gonna watch that tonight. I watched Rookie of the Year. That was on there. Rookie of the Year was fire. I love yes, Rookie of the no, Year. I do like that. I like That's, Chicago. I was like, look at Wrigleyville before it was Wrigleyville. Dude, all Disney buses, <laughs> it's like a huge box of nostalgia. Yeah, yo. <laughs> you know, you know, you know where he lived at? Oak Park. That's where I came from. Really? Like, yeah, that shit was filled in Oak Park. I was yeah, just yeah. in Oak Park this morning, bro. Turn up, yo. The I was OP. out there for uh, Ian. Ian, you guys know Ian Eastwood? You know Ian Eastwood? Nah. Dancer? He's a dancer. He's amazing. Uh -huh. Like, he's a beast, bro. Like, a beast. Uh, lives in LA, travels the world. Anyway, but I was at his house for uh, his dad in, in Oak Park. True. And I was picking up, uh, he's got a label, a brand called Young Lions, and I'm doing a pair of sweatpants for them. So oh, true. Nice. I was there to pick up the sweat or the t shirts that I'm going to cut the fuck up to make sweatpants. That's what's up. That's but yeah, what's up. Oak Park. Oak Park is awesome, bro. It is, man. It's like, a good place to grow up, man. Like, bro. Like, y'all are. Y'all got that money. Nah, not on my side. <laughs> not on my sides, side, bro. man. That's the part I've been to. Two sides to every story, man. They got yeah, that yeah. money. <laughs> oh, but yeah. shit, while we're on it too, man, a shout out St. Millie. He's always been really dope anytime I've been in the shop. I feel like he's a personable ass human being, so it's yeah, good you yeah. got him on the yeah, team. He's amazing. But yeah, thank you so much for coming through, man. It's been Hell really yeah, fun. Man. Thank you for having me. Hell oh yeah. yeah, too. Not to forget about it. I feel like y'all, you know, you guys lost a member of the team this year, yeah. so we're gonna dedicate this episode to him. Yeah, I got birds. I only got to meet him one time, but he was fucking good energy. Great energy, bro. So this episode's for him, Great man. Guy. Thank you so much for coming through, yes, dude. Sir. Thank you very much for having me, man. Fuck with us, Juggernaut.com. It's J-U-G-R-N-A-U-T.com. Hell yeah, man. One more time, thanks to Roger for coming through, man. We gonna go ahead to Rogers too. Mr. Nobody Rogers. knows me. No, I've been rapping forever. They call me Mr. Rogers, but I don't be talking about it. <laughs> Let's go. Face Value Podcast, episode 18. Hell yeah. And always, we're going to tell y'all, like this shit. We're Comments. legal now, bro. Legal yeah, now. 21 plus. We'll be hitting the bar soon. <laughs> no, not till three years. So, like, Hell subscribe, yeah. follow, comment, man. We appreciate you guys listening. We're going to keep bringing the good guests in the weekly episode. Hell yeah. Every Monday. Let's ride out, man. What we got? It's 20 I know, right? Oh, not legal. That's totally wrong. <laughs> yeah, right.